Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Benevolent Banter. As always, we thank you for your time. We thank you for being here, for tuning in, for listening, downloading, however it is you got your hands on this podcast. We thank you. In this week's episode, we're going to dive deep. We're going to laugh a little. Hell, we might just cry a little. But that's the realness of benevolent banter. Conversations, imperfection, and as Brene Brown says, leaning into the suck of doing things that are uncomfortable and hard and new. If you're like me and you're ready for a deep conversation, then let's hit it. As always, stay safe, stay well, stay kind, and right now, stay the fuck home. This is Benevolent Banter. Welcome everybody back to the Benevolent Banter podcast. Today I am joined by somebody who, well, started started through work in a professional relationship and and now is who's somebody I would call a family member. So uh, welcome Logan to the podcast. Hey, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> hey, what I love to have people do um, is introduce themselves because when you put people on the spot and you're like, hey, who are you? Um, wow, we get a lot of different answers. So Logan, introduce yourself, please. Oh, wow. Um, this, is a, this is a tricky question. Um, it's, it's one that I get asked often um, and sometimes I come up with various different answers. So here we go. Um, so <laughs> my name, uh, I'm Logan Dodds. I'm Jeez, I'm 29 years old now. Um, 29? Yeah, I know, crazy. So, when did that happen? <laughs> I know, I know. When we first met, I would have been, what, 25, 24? 24, 20, I think, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so, yeah, I guess I got on the crazy ride of, um, well, I've been on the crazy ride of life for a few years now, but um, <laughs> I guess in a sense people would know me or have heard of me um, through – a world that people like to call influencing, maybe, or online um, sharing and posting these square little photos um, to a platform called Instagram. <laughs> um, but I'm actually a plumber by trade, so I've um, been in the industry for around 10 years, um, and I have lucky, well, I mean, I'm not on the tools anymore, I've been on the tools the last couple of years, um, so I've been lucky enough to yeah, to have a bit of a, a social voice and presence to do some pretty awesome, um, some work and experiences around the world and, and um, with some pretty cool brands and companies, and then I guess that's how our paths crossed um, with the awesome Air New Zealand a few years ago. That was a lot of fun, wasn't it? Yes, that was, um, it was the ride of a life, really, it was... Um, yeah, it's, I still sort of have these crazy flashbacks or, I don't know, pinch myself moments that like I'm actually living the life that I'm living now probably purely because of that, that one one job we did. Well, I can remember um, the first time we all met. So it was a Friday afternoon. We were obviously at the point of the end of the week as the Air New Zealand side of the crew, you know, the quote unquote professionals walked into a room and... The first time we met, you were a little bit nervous. Oh, you, you I know, was you, you... shitting myself. I was like, <laughs> man, I was in this massive like corporate building. Like, um, oh, it was yeah. I remember just being like terrified, and then these two little giggly bunnies come through and just like <laughs> absolutely just all the jokes. And I was like, okay, sweet, we're on. We're we're good. <laughs> I mean, I literally was getting kicked under the table because. I don't know why, but we did. We had the absolute giggles. 
we just, it was like we had some tequila, but we weren't. It was like um, my grandma calls it a dry drunk. It was just <laughs> one of those days. And um, so I have to thank you five years later for putting up with us on that day, let alone the journey. Because <laughs> it, was, it was an interesting thing, right, to sit across the table with you um, and work on a project that really had never been done before in New Zealand at the scale that it had been done. And really what I was putting forward to to my boss and my boss's boss was, hey, I want to take uh, to allow this young fellow and his best friend to go on like a full month of adventures around New Zealand, not really show off planes, which is what we did. We were an airline. <laughs> But instead, just show off the beauty of the country and see where it went. And you and uh, Trent, your best friend Trent, man, you guys nailed it. Tell us, you know, what was that like? What was it like having four weeks to just do adventures? Well, yeah, I mean, I I walked into that meeting like so green, like um, the whole the whole world was so new to me, and um, it it all happened so quick. So I guess to give a bit of context to the story, um, when I was living in London, um, I'd did a lot of travel around Europe. Um, um, a whole bunch of back things happened previously before that, which I guess we'll get into later. Um, and that sort of yeah. set me on a path that, um, yeah, made me live life sort of to the fullest and um, have no regrets, sort of as cliche as it sounds. And um, I had a six-month trip around Europe that I captured um, moments on my GoPro um, and uh, put in, condensed those six months into a three-month uh, sorry, three-minute video, um, and put that video online, and then um, it essentially blew up and collectively got about five million views um, online. So that's back how... in the days when five million views was <laughs> absolutely unheard of, right? Well, That'd be the equivalent of close to a hundred these days. Well, and organic too. Yeah, it didn't uh, yeah, without yeah. Any, any paid behind it. <laughs> it was um, it was all just fresh and and organic and real. So uh, yeah, so that's sort of how it ended up in the the New Zealand office. Um, we and we sort of found an opportunity to um, to do a, a sort of an OE within my own country. Um, yeah. And yeah. so then that's where that this beautiful mastermind. Um, I can't. I don't. I don't, can't remember if I reached out or if I think I reached out to Todd. Was it? Um, yeah, Mike Todd. Just, that's just, right. Just to try my try my hand. Um, there was the, the sort of while the iron was hot. I was like, man, let's try and see if what I can make of this opportunity. Um, and then yeah, and then there was sort of this perfect two worlds sort of collided um and then we yeah ended up in that that room and managed to literally probably what i think it was maybe two weeks after that like yeah and and, yeah. and, and after being in the industry for for five years now like a two-week turnaround is absolutely mind-blowing on that like on that scale of what we've done um, i can tell you um <laughs> it was it was i was just as green i think you know from a professional standpoint and trying to get that across the line inside a fairly big corporate with a lot of, um, I wouldn't say strict, but, you know, processes that were there and existed to get something that new through. I have to take my hat off to people like Mike Todd, who literally sent me an email going, hey, check this kid out. What can we do? And for the brand to back the idea of going, actually, the social media following, the talkability, the conversations, and just showing a lot of fun will really help. Like, for a brand to believe in that, that was pretty cool. That was a lot of fun, I think, for all of us. And the two weeks, whoo, she was fast. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And it's 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 kind of bloody um it set me unrealistic expectations from now on. Like now when I've like waiting for, for weeks to even get an email response, I'm like, bloody hell. Like <laughs> I, know, I know, right? <laughs> 
Um, it's the same here. Like I, I, we did some influencer content, gosh, maybe or late last year, late 2019, um, with quite a few influencers through the warehouse group. And I'm going to say it was a six month, um, tug, you know, each way to make sure we could get everything across the line. And once we did, it was cool, but it was not fast. I think we were both spoiled with, with our first foray. Totally. When I guess like, um, it was like you said, it was sort of the first of its kind back then. So like now there's so many processes and agencies to go through and briefs and, you know, like we kind of just, we kind of just run with, with what we had and what we sort of thought was going to work. And it was literally just like, here, here's the keys to the country. Go have fun. Um, Right. That's and, the best way to put it. Yeah. And it was literally, that's why it worked because it was so real and raw. And me and my men, Trent, were just like, this is like, fuck, we're living, man. Like this is, we've just yeah. been given the keys to the country to go have fun and capture it. Like, man, we were just so stoked the whole time. I think you could feel that though, through all of the images, the videos, the stories you both shared, that was the magic because you weren't, and maybe I'm putting words into your mouth, stop me if I am, but it felt like now where we are and where we've progressed as an industry, there's a lot of expectations around deliverables and, you know, what kind of numbers you're supposed to hit and all of that. But then we were like, just try it. Just go out. Let's see what happens. Let's see if it's going to be super positive or if it's not, then we learn. But now it's almost like traditional marketing measures have been put on top yeah, of totally. passion, which maybe maybe takes away from some of the the ideal way of looking at at the world through a lens of just adventure and fun yeah totally i think that's the um yeah you've you've nailed it like everything's so like this is the brief this is what it has to look like this is the look and feel and it's like well there's got to be obviously there's a few if a company's paying for something you know there needs to be that their voice on it in a sense but it's trying to find that happy medium um where both both audiences will resonate with it so um yeah but it's yeah it's yeah, it's, it's been crazy, man. I've done I've like done some awesome things. Like uh, one one other campaign I did, um, which was sort of the same thing. They just said, "Go have fun." Here's like a uh, the underline. Um, it was for Samsung actually, and it was uh, here's the S8. Uh, it was the first phone to be waterproof, and they sort of just wow. go, just said, "Go show it off somehow." So we went um, <laughs> we went down Bluff down the South Island and went swimming with a great white shark and took a photo with it underwater. I have to tell you right here and now, I have never been more worried in my life as a friend and like somebody who loves you when you were like, I'm going diving with with great whites, like no Logie. (laughs) (laughs) It was, it's so safe. Like, I mean, I think they've even closed it down now, but um, in the cages and that it's, it's it's extremely safe. So, but it was one of the, it was amazing um, experience and just that, that content that we got, like the client was just blown away by sort of, yeah, how, how epic it was. I mean, that's the beauty of allowing storytellers to tell their story, right? Is understanding what the brand wants out of it, sure, but then having that trust factor. And I think that potentially, not even potentially, I think that fully that's what you bring to the table and what I've seen and why I've, you know, it's been like a proud time to watch you grow and evolve. <laughs> yeah, it's been, a, it's been a crazy journey and it's been, it's been awesome to, to almost pioneer that, you know, within the, um, the August, I guess, travel lifestyle um, industry in New Zealand. With, um, it was probably like when we first did that, what was two, was it, what's been five, must have been five years ago now. Yeah, 2015-ish. Um, it was, it was like, yeah, it was the first of its kind and it was when Instagram and travel was sort of becoming cool and uh, was becoming like a, people was aspiring to, to do that sort of, that life. So yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that's we, right. That's yeah, right. We got we got there sort of. We were just 
yeah, like you said, we're trying it out and seeing if it was going to work as we went. So, um, that's, and that's what yeah. I've been doing for the last five years is trying to paddle and just pave my own way and make my own, <laughs> make my own voice. I think you're doing a good job of that. Um, you mentioned earlier about, you know, the reason you went um, traveling, that we'd come back to that. So if you're comfortable with that, um, I'd love to hear a bit more of your backstory, because I think that's also the beauty of of influencers who are actually truly influential, is that we can somehow empathize with the person we see on the other end of the app or the platform, and we understand what they've gone through. So what was it? What was the impetus for you that got you to start traveling? So yes, uh, I guess the, the the probably the biggest part for me. Um, so I lost my dad to uh, a brain aneurysm when I was eighteen, just out of the blue. Um, so he was yeah fit, healthy, didn't smoke a cigarette in his life. Um, was at the gym three four times a week, just like an everyday Kiwi lad, um, Kiwi bloke, just living his life. So he was forty six uh, when he passed away. Wow. So it was yeah, it was pretty young. Um, and I was eighteen, so I was fresh into my. Um, fresh into my plumbing apprenticeship um, and it was I guess it was sort of a time where you need a far, father figure the most um, yeah. at that point so yeah so I finished my um, plumbing apprenticeship um, and I you know, went overseas to play rugby when I was I think I was about 22 um, and so my yeah my mum and my dad they had plans to go traveling I was obviously I was 18 my sister um, she was three years older than me so she was um, had her sort of career and all her shit sorted so they were like sweet kids are ready we'll go traveling sort of next year sort of thing so they were basically started to have all these plans and that obviously didn't come to fruition so um it was almost yeah. like a spark in my life where I was like bugger it, I'm just gonna go be happy live my life and um see what the world's got to offer so I went you know, overseas um played rugby and moved down to London um and lived down there for nine months and then another, um, my sort of my best friend, our best family friends, um, they the, he sort of stepped in as a bit of a father figure as well. And he got uh, diagnosed with cancer um, and then three months later he passed away. So I shot home, um, sort of said goodbye to him, which was, you know, lost sort of two significant figures within a short amount of time. Um, and yeah. then that, that was like, bugger, I'll just go overseas one more time, go back, finish off my travels and then come home and sort my shit out back home. Um, and then that's when the, the video, that six months travels around Europe that I did, um, that's when I created that video and that's when everything sort of blew up. Yeah. And I think blow up was probably the right idea, right? I can remember seeing it on TV at the time. Um, it, it was went, fascinating. <laughs> yeah, it went, it was crazy. It went like so fast and so quick. And I remember just standing up, I was plumbing in London at the time and I was standing up on a ladder, um, doing some spouting or something on the outside of a building. And I was literally refreshing my Facebook and it was like 50,000 views refresh 50,000. Like it was, it, yeah. yeah, it was mega. And I ended up on like the, um, today show in Australia, with Carl Stefanovic, just like ripping me. Um, just, <laughs> oh, it, was, it was crazy. It was, yeah, it was full noise. That's pretty cool, but I guess if there was any way to uh, to go straight from the frying pan into the fire, you've definitely done that and um, have learned to handle the heat over the time. Um, you've mentioned a few times that you went into the trades when you were was it seventeen, eighteen years old? Yeah, so got asked to leave um, asked to leave school when I was sixteen. Um, just, I mean, I guess yeah, it was not being naughty or anything. I just wasn't um, just you know wasn't wasn't really my scene uh, I was just sort of hanging out in the back of the classroom just waiting till you know to play sort of rugby on the lunch uh, on the field at lunch and just like I guess kick about really like I knew I wasn't going to go to university so 
And I guess my teachers sort of sense that as well. So um, they sort of were like, you know, if you, if you don't want to be here, that's fine. Um, it was actually my dad as well. He, he left school when he was 15. So he, he heavily encouraged me to leave. Uh, he said, mate, like, honestly, there's no point waiting around if you're just going to bum about. So um, so I literally, yeah, finished that year off and then start of, um, well, I would have, I missed my seventh form year. So end of sixth form, I left and, yeah, straight into a plumbing apprenticeship when I was 16. And you're still doing, even though you've been off the tools for the last few years, you um, and a friend of yours have been still working in and around the trades industry. Can you tell me a little bit yep. more about that? Because I think it's so exciting what you're doing. Yeah, totally. So, um yeah, so obviously the we're trying to give the just I guess we're in a sense we're trying to balance out the the perception of what trades are perceived as in schools. Um, like personally, we went through that firsthand. Um, uni wasn't going to be for us, but we thought like I mean I guess traditionally and I guess still now that trades are perceived as a bit of a drop kick. You know, like oh if you're naughty you'll go to a trade, or um, if you don't have much going on go to a trade. Um, yeah. But we're just trying to balance that perception. You know, if you if you've got something going on, if you're good on the on the books, um, if you're good with your hands, go to a trade. Um, there's so much opportunity out there. You know, everyone that you know is a trade is earning good money. They earn a good life. They've got so much freedom. So we go we go around to the schools, um, and we've got about a 30, 30 to forty minute presentation um, that we give the kids uh, about our lives, about like the awesome lives we've lived, um, and it's all comes back to having a trade behind us. So. Yeah, because um, you can basically go anywhere, can't you? You oh, can travel and work. You can earn while you're on the road. You can utilize your skill sets anywhere. Absolutely, yeah. It's um, anywhere you go, you've always got a trade to fall back on you. Like when I was in London, um, I got a job just like that, like the sick, the day I was looking, basically. Um, yeah, there's just work anywhere, and you can live an awesome life. So, so last year we spoke to 30 schools around the country, uh, which was about 5,000 wow. 5, students. Um, are these high schoolers? Are these um, yeah, so, like last year high schoolers? Yes, yeah, so it's a senior senior school. Um, mm -hmm. So year eleven, year twelve, um, and it just gives them a bit of like, bit of I guess confidence. You know, a couple of young fellas, late twenty guys, come in and chat to them. It gives them a bit of like, you know, we're in arm's reach of of, of them. We're only about ten years older than them, um, so we you know we're we're young enough that they can relate to, but old enough that you know we've been been in the industry for ten years, so we know what we're talking about. That's pretty cool. That's really cool. Well done. Um, gonna change gears real quick because I know you know you're known for like your travel. You're known for your trades and and being an influencer and all that kind of stuff. But I think you're a little bit known for your muscles too. Uh, <laughs> so. Unfortunately, it's nothing for me, Logan. Sorry. <laughs> I know. Well, hey, five, five uh, years ago, maybe that's why you girls were giggling when I came into the office. <laughs> Could have been, absolutely could have been. It was a big change in the last five years. Um, <laughs> I wanted to just talk to you about, um, oh, hi. Hi, little fella. Oh, Freddie. Oh, Freddie. I bet he's happy to have you home, right? Yeah, now that we're kind of in lockdown here. Yeah, he's stoked. He's loving it. Yeah. Um, other than Freddie, I wanted to talk to you about physical health um, and mental health because you are a big proponent of both of those things. You do them for yourself. I know a lot of the people who follow you and a lot of the folks that interact with you ask you how you maintain kind of your busy life as well as your your physical health. So what was what was the thing that got you started with going, actually, I'm going to make this a priority? Um, it was it was before I went traveling, actually, that I sort of um, obviously playing rugby through my whole um, since I was five years old to 
senior rugby. Um, I was sort of always sort of running around and pretty he- well, pretty healthy. Um, but it was yeah, it was when I was flatting in Ponsonby uh, when I first started going to the gym. I would probably would have been twenty just before I went travelling. Um, and it was as a time I was out drinking heaps. Uh, I'd just come home from work and fall asleep on the couch and just be, be lethargic and obviously everything going on with my dad and that like things started to. You know, I didn't want to rely on drinking to make me happy and just that whole downward spiral sort of. Um, so I was yeah. like, man, I'm going to, one of my friends at the time was like, Fuck, you should come to the gym, like come join the gym. So, um, yes, yeah, so I joined the gym and then I guess from then it was, um, it was a healthy addiction really. Like you, you get addicted to the feeling of, um, of feeling good. Like when you have a good workout, yeah. you know, you you end up craving those feelings and, and then that downward spiral starts to become an upward spiral of like the, the roll on effect from feeling good. You know, you start to look better. You're um, you've got more energy. So I was, I just got addicted to that feeling of looking and feeling good. Um, and then that, that endorphin that, rush, that, endorphin that confidence. Rush. And like, man, like what was, what I was achieving and what I was like doing in a day. And then like this, the, the ripple effect from feeling good was, yeah, it was crazy. And so I guess um, I that was the base layer for me. And then I've just, um, since then, I've sort of like gone from the physical state to obviously looking after my mental state a bit more. Um, mm-hmm. And then that, that a lot of that is um, what I do to look after my mental state. I've just recently, well, about two and a half years ago, taken on um, practice called the Wim Hof Method. Um, so it's a, yes. it's a combination of cold water therapy, uh, breathing techniques and mindset. And that's, that's significantly helped my mindset, um, and my mental health like tenfold. So since I've started that practice, I haven't been sick once. Um, wow. Serious? Yeah. It's been crazy. Like every year I'd usually get at least a, a good dose of the flu or, um, just the change of the seasons would get pretty rattled, but it's, it's been crazy. Like what it's actually done um and if i feel like i'm starting to get a bit sick or get a bit flat um just i'll have an ice bath um so that yeah. that's basically sets you back to, to zero um and just shakes up your whole body and you, you back to normal sort of instantly so um, i'll do the breathing techniques about two three times a week and then i'll cold shower every morning as well so um it's, it's uh, I, re- I remember you telling me about this the first time and i did attempt it and was like nah <laughs> I feel like you really have to make like the mental shift to get into that well, because it, it feels like it would be your that it would be your way forward from yeah there. and that's the whole thing as well it's it's controlled discomfort so you're putting your body under controlled stress and it's your your mind is you know that's where, where that threshold starts to change as your mind's like you're fine it's good it's only cold water um, and then if you've got shit going on in your head as well, that you you completely forget about that because you're just thinking, fuck, it's cold. So that, <laughs> that's, um, and that's a lot of the practice as well. So, um, it's, so but, it truly is a natural reset. Oh mate, like breathing and cold water, the two, like that's the most natural and pure, like things we have at our, like, you know, we can't get enough of it. That's all we do. So, um, it's yeah it's I can't stress how much it's actually helped change my life to be honest that's amazing um do you find quite a few of your friends are doing it as well um or are you kind of the lone wolf right now oh there's definitely a few um it's definitely taking off a lot more um it's getting 
um, they've commercialized it a little bit in a sense. So Wim Hof is actually only a one man. Um, so his family have um, almost commercialized it and turned it into, well, I guess the, a platform. So there's now there's an app and there's the website. Um, so, you oh, wow. can, so you can actually sort of log in and subscribe to it and get sort of a bit of guidance. There's um, YouTube tutorials that take you through the guided breathing sessions. Um, so it's becoming a bit more sort of known about. Um, I try and I definitely try and get yeah, my mates into yeah. it. Um, some of them are a bit harder than others to get into it, but um, I find my mates that sort of go to the gym or you know like to, I know that like to look after themselves are, are more willing to to take it on. Yeah, I think that's really important. Um, not only for the physical side of things, but as a as a dude and as a young dude, I'm really keen to understand a bit more. So we're all we're on day one right now of a national uh, lockdown because of the coronavirus. We've got 27 and a half days to go as a nation. I think we can do it. Um, I'm keen to hear from you as, as a young man, some of the techniques other than potentially <laughs> dipping yourself in an ice bath um, <laughs> that you'd, you'd want other people to know that, that are helpful. I mean, how, how do you communicate with your friends and everything when, when you're apart from them? Um, well, it's actually, it's funny you say that, like, I, I'm going to use it this four weeks as, I guess, a, a time to, to reconnect almost with, with everyone. Like, we're, when we're going through your day-to-day life, busy as everyone's got shit going on, bam, 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 you know, like, when I look back on my group chats with my mates, like, it's probably only once a week or, like, once every two weeks that we're actually talking to each other. So, you know, we're, we're actually going to take a, this opportunity to step back and jump on, like, um, that house party app now. You can sort of use or like however many people can jump on this app and you can video call um so we're actually planning to have like actually sessions where we jump on and hang out and chat um so it's it's pretty cool that like we're stripping back the whole the bullshit of life and we're just taking it back to you know i guess what actually matters um isn't that nice yeah i feel like i really feel like it's we're gonna find silver linings out of this as well there's so many there's so many positives that are going to come out of it um and I know it's a hard time for everyone and it's the uncertainty of, of, of it all and the, the stressfulness um, is pretty crazy. But when we, when you actually strip it back, like when do you ever in your, in your life going to get four weeks to, you know, to do nothing? Well, exactly. I was talking to um, my brother yesterday. I've talked to my brother and my parents more in the last two weeks. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to say really, really bad than I have in the last two years. We've been in touch not only daily, but multiple times daily. And if I'm honest with you, I don't know if I've said this out loud before, but when Chelsea was born, my daughter, who's almost 14, I went back to work when she was four weeks old. So I wow. haven't actually ever had a full month with her ever. Yeah. So I, I kind of feel guilty for seeing this as a blessing. Yeah. It's, um, and like, and it's given the, the, the earth, the world a chance to breathe. Like, you know, like you look at the the significant changes that just China have had over their emissions, and um, you know, like it's the good it's going to do for the world and for the environment. Um, just a month for the whole place, or for the whole yeah, planet to breathe is is huge. It is huge, and I think I w- I'm really nervous about the the going back. You know, when everything starts to when all the the light switches get flipped on again, and all of the cars are on the road again, and everything else starts to happen, it's like what what lessons are we going to learn and how, how are we going to utilize our platforms and our voices differently? I'm excited, but yeah, nervous. It's, it's going to change the way I guess people live in a sense, isn't it? Like, I mean, you, the whole social distancing and the, 
you know, you're almost avoiding people now. Like it's um, to get back to that normal, <laughs> to that, you know, what we used to know is going to be pretty bizarre for everyone. And I think it's going to take some time. It's been really interesting. Um, I've been kind of self-isolating for almost three weeks now, not only because I, I had to, haven't had to go to an office, but because I could almost see this coming and didn't have to go to an office. But whereas before, like when I used to go for walks or runs in the morning, people would run right next to you on the sidewalk, not look up, not smile, not say hi. And now when we actually actively avoid each other by two meters or walk on the other side of the street, people are like smiling, they're shouting out hi, um, it feels like even though we might have this physical space that's been imposed between us, it's it's like a buffer of kindness. It's really, really weird. Are you noticing those kinds of things? Yeah, hundred percent. It's um, yeah, you, you did right, and it's yeah, it's it's giving it almost your humanity. Like you know, why we're actually everyone's human. We're all going through this bullshit together. You know, like no matter religion, race, like everyone's dealing with it. You know, like celebrity, like there's no everyone's on an even playing field so I guess that's probably what's stripping everything back and um, as crazy and as gnarly as this virus is it's um, there's definitely a lot of positives coming out of it. Yeah I agree too. Um, I wanted to, to talk to you quickly about your fam. So you mentioned your mom and your sister how are they? Um, how are they keeping? You've got is it a little niece? Yeah I've got a little niece um, yeah. and my sister's expecting another one on the way so I think she'll be well they actually don't know the sex but uh, that one will be due in July, I think. Um, so, yeah. My, Ooh, July's a great month. Yes, yes. So my sis, she's over in uh, Mildura. She lives in um, in Victoria, just out of Melbourne there. Um, so mm-hmm. she's she's uh, basically in lockdown as well. Um, and my mum's, uh, she's a bit like about 40 minutes um, north up in Whangapurau. Um And she's actually, she works in one of the um, the medical centres up there, or the A&E. So she's actually sort of in the front lines. Um, so she's still working through, still um copping it all so she's she's been pretty stressed out it's been a pretty gnarly time at work first so um i bet yeah mama dad's the legend i know she's um yeah she's been she's been battling with it for for a little bit here so uh but now she's good she had one of her she actually she had a knee knee surgery she's due to get a knee replaced um that was booked in um and literally the night before it was supposed to go ahead they pulled it um they're turning the that well the unnecessary sort of suit well they're not urgent surgeries they've pulled and turning the rooms into ICU units I think that's right that's right my brother's a surgeon in Detroit and all of the non-elective surgeries are taking precedence and I think all of his electives which as an orthopedic surgeon most of his are electives they're off for at least the next couple months so it's it's a worrying time when you have people who are the quote unquote essentials out on the front line and you think about it's not just medical staff, but it's the young, like eighteen year old kids at New World. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I know. They're literally on the front line and, and to watch people maybe not act as as kindly as they should sometimes when they're afraid that uh they're not gonna get their milk or whatever. Um, I really take my hat off to and just am so thankful and grateful for the people who are keeping really us alive right now. Totally. Yeah, it's um, it's a crazy time, but I, I guess we're all sort of coming together as one, which is, um, yeah, and you know, we help everyone sort of pitching in to help, you know, you see like on the community pages, people are offering their help and support to go get groceries for their elderly or, um, you know, people sort of helping out where they can. So, it's, um, yeah, it's a, it's a crazy time and I hope, well, we will get through it um, and I hope we can get through it pretty unscathed, especially here in New Zealand. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, 
thinking about that and just you know, light, lightening the conversation a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> I've got like this, um, this little fast round of questions I've got for you because I don't know, I've known you for a while, but you know, it's kind of fun to put you on the spot. Oh, How are you no. feeling about that? Oh God, it could be anything. <laughs> okay. Okay. So <laughs> first question I have for you, very curious about this one. You're on a desert Island. You can only have one kind of food for the rest of your life. What do you have? Oh, is is Kaza going to be there to to cook me a chicken pie, or like, what do we get? <laughs> I mean, you can if you want chicken pies, well, you can, can have chicken pies. Yeah, okay, sweet. I'm like, yeah, Kaza's my mum's chicken pies. Whoa, um, when she comes <laughs> when she when she comes down to stay, we get her to either bring one or make one and chuck it in the fridge for the week. So it's uh, oh. can't go past that. Oh, lucky, lucky. Um, right. So we are all indoors right now. We are supposed to be staying at home. Uh, what's your favorite song to boogie in the front room to? Oh, um, Gimme Gimme by Ebba. That's got to be up there. Ooh, yeah, yeah. I love, I love, oh. I'm loving that the, um, all the old school bangers, the oldie but goodies are coming back into play, which is, um, you know, it's, it's awesome. That's, that's real music. Not this bloody some of the bullshit that we get today on, on the on the radios. Are you twenty nine or are you eighty <laughs> nine? Oh, I know, I know. Call <laughs> oh, grandpa. Yeah, I know. Well, my my favorite artist is Adele, so that will probably tell you something. <laughs> oh, she's amazing though. How good was she uh, in Auckland? Oh, I know. I went. I saw her three times. I went once to Brisbane and then twice in Auckland. <laughs> oh, hey, I I feel you because today, hey, it's Elton John's birthday, so. I, you and I, we agree on these things. Yeah, it's fine. Yes, absolutely. Super, super fandom is a thing. All yeah. right. Best binge watch on Netflix right now for everybody who needs something to watch. Best binge. Oh, what have I been watching? I watched, we binge watched um, You, the the series You. Oh. Yeah, yeah. That's, oh, yeah. It's <laughs> oh, that, <laughs> And it's just so gnarly. Like it's, you can almost, what? Well, because the, they they relate it with social media and all that sort of stuff, so it's it's it gets pretty scary that like obviously that sort of stuff does go on. It does, it does. Okay, we talked about fey food on a desert island. What about a sneaky junk food treat that people might be surprised uh, that you like to eat? Well, um, I'm actually pretty open with this. I'll happily talk about my love for caramel. Um, last week alone, I smashed four blocks. What? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Are you serious? For everybody in America, a block of chocolate in New Zealand is like a pound, not a little block. It's a pound of chocolate. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. You and Carly, my oh. wife, absolutely loves that as well. Oh, okay. Man. I see why so you two get along. I've got to be careful these four weeks at home that I don't like binge eat too much. <laughs> You know, I've, I've been seeing all the memes about there's going to be two different kinds of people who emerge after these four weeks. Oh, I know. Hope I'm not <laughs> one of those. Some people are going to be shredded. Yeah. Oh, man. The rest of us are, are binging caramel. <laughs> um, and last but not least, Logan, you're such a good sport. Um, what would be your best piece of advice for some people who might be struggling right now with, I guess, just the the uncertainty. We've never gone through this. I was telling Chelsea this morning that never in my lifetime have we known anything like this, never in my parents. So, you know, even for kids, this is a bit of a time that where they can be anxious. So what's your best piece of advice for folks that might be having a rough time or, or struggling right now? Um, 
Yeah, it is. It's a, it, you're right. It's a crazy time, and yeah, it's it's crazy that we're actually experiencing this in our lifetimes. Um, but as I sort of touched on earlier, like it's obviously it is very stressful and it's the uncertainty. But I think if we can, you know, if we can look for the positives and and we can look for the silver linings, like you know, talking to your friends and family more. Um, you know, like actually maybe learning a new skill. I'm going to be trying to read a book. Like it's it's a time to to use as an opportunity and I guess um and I guess you know these hard times that it, it makes us stronger and then you know that that strength will shape us um later on in life you know when we come to other hard hardships in our lives so um I think look at it op- as an opportunity to grow and and an opportunity to yeah to do some stuff that you probably wouldn't usually yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, politics aside, we here in New Zealand are very, very lucky people. Um, the government and our leaders rallied together and all of the stress and the financial unrest and and all of the things that the rest of the world are, are grappling with still, at least we've got a good start to it. So I yeah. feel like um, none of us are going to let our neighbors uh, and our family and our loved ones um, go without if, if it comes down to it. So I know I feel absolutely an entire debt of gratitude totally. to, to Arthur and, yeah. and, and her, yeah. her folks that are helping lead through this. Bloody proud to be a Kiwi. When she, every time she gets on the telly and, um, and speaks, you know, it gives me goosebumps and yep, I'm bloody proud, proud to be a Kiwi. Did you see last night after they did the official bits and bobs, she went home, put her daughter to bed, then she threw on a sweatshirt and did an Instagram live? No way. I didn't see that. She, she is a legend, man. And she just, she smiles through yeah. uh, some of the angry and frustrated questions and you go, man, just what a legend. What an absolute leader of leaders. Uh, she's had the hardest term in probably the history of New Zealand with everything, the, the yeah. terrorism, the, the, all the bushfires, the White Island eruption, like all while raising a baby, like crazy. I, <laughs> yeah, I know. I just, I actually got chills when you said that because sometimes... I just can't find my favorite sports bra when I want to go for a run yeah. and that's the end of the world, yeah. you know? And she's like, actually, I got this. Yeah, I yeah. got you guys. Oh, good. <laughs> what a woman. Yeah. Like you say, political views aside, what a woman. What a woman. So Logan, I love to um, finish the podcast. So first of all, to thank you so much for your time. This is so cool. Again, we've been trying to, you know, get in touch for ages well, and it feels like the last few weeks we've seen each other, I, but we talked a bit. And there you go. There you go. That's proof from the pudding. Right in that pudding uh, <laughs> that neither of us are going to eat. <laughs> um, but I'd love to finish up the show by having you, if you can, call out uh, somebody who you think is a kindness warrior or a few people that you think are kindness warriors, people who are, who are out there doing the mahi, who are um, leading with heart and, you know, with, with smarts. Um, I think there's a lot of people, a lot of, a lot of unsung heroes in, in New Zealand. Um, all Black, TJ Perinara, he's out there doing good things for uh, the Māori community and, and sort of New Zealand as a whole. Um, I must say my partner, Danielle, she's out there. She's at work at the moment. Um, I've got a, one of her companies is a hand sanitized business. So they're out there sort of doing all they can to get as much product in as many people's hands to fight off this bloody virus. Um, literally. Yeah, literally. Yes. literally. Um, and just all those, all those Kiwis, you know, the... Just the ones that put their head down, get get stuck in all the front, all the people on the front line, um, just you know turning up day in day out, put the selfless acts of putting themselves at risk, um, and just yeah, it's 
we can't can't thank all those people enough. So much love to everyone. Amen out there. to that. Thank you again, Logan. Um, everybody out there, stay safe, stay kind, and as always, stay the fuck home. Stay the fuck home. Thanks, Logan. Thank you so much for having me. It's been fun to talk. Bye.